You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 203 with Art Geyser. Today we are increasing your energy through NLP. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on, Men of Abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community, and I am getting super, super excited. Um, I'm going to be leaving Hawaii soon. That's not what I'm excited about. (laughs) But after 10 years and uh, since September, my family has been in Florida, and we've lived here for about 10 years. Some of you already know this story. We're in the process of relocating. So finally... Uh, mid-June I will be joining my family in Florida and giving up my Hawaii driver's license for a Florida driver's license and I will be officially a Floridian is that even a word I don't know but in any case I'm super excited I'm going to be leaving soon and joining my family that's what I'm really really excited about things are going to change and things are going to improve uh, what we're doing over here at Men of Abundance because I'm going to have more time to focus on Men of Abundance I'm going there fully self-employed. I'm going to be doing Men of Abundance and the coaching and consulting business full-time. I'm super, I can't even say how excited I am to do that. And I'll certainly be sharing more with you in just a few minutes about Abundance and Prosperity Mastery. So today we are again, I think this is the third time we've had somebody on talking about NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. And I am really big on this stuff because it has a lot to do with talking to yourself you know I put a quote up on Facebook the other day that part of the reason and I'm going to paraphrase that part of the reason that you're so happy is because you're listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself think about that and in a very small part that's what we're talking about today but today we take it to a little bit level because today we're adding in energy we're energizing yourself through NLP and this is a little bit different concept than what I've read or heard about in the past. So really pay attention to this one. This is one of those ones that you're going to want to go back and listen to again. And guys, for those of you who are skeptics, I get it. But listen, what you're currently doing or what you've been doing for the last 10, 20, 15 years, whatever, how well has that worked for you? Something has to change. And this just may be it. Bottom line is, open your mind up to new experiences, open your mind up to new ideas that are foreign to you, And you just may get something out of it. Another thing to consider is people that are very, very productive, very successful in what they do, they do things different than the general population. So figure that out and find something like this or something else that is that other people are doing. And don't just write it off as weird or do write it off as weird because weird is good, quite frankly. I'm weird. I prefer being weird. I don't want to be normal. Normal is... You know, just being stuck in the rat race, you know, getting up in the morning, driving to work, doing the same thing every day, and not really improving your foxhole, not really getting ahead in life. And great, you love where you're at, I got that. But where you're at today is going to change. What is giving you your lifestyle today is going to change. You have to grow and evolve with our culture. You have to grow and evolve with the times and the technology and everything else. If you truly want to 
at least continue living the lifestyle that you're living today. If you want to improve it, hey, find something new, find something different than what you've done for the last 20 years. And guys, as usual, be abundant in your life today by paying it forward and sharing men of abundance with everyone you come in contact with. We are having some amazing conversations over here, some very thought-provoking information being shared with you by all of these amazing guests that we're talking to. And man, just don't keep that to yourself. Knowledge is only power when it's shared. So share men of abundance with everyone you come in contact with. Now our featured guest today is Art Geyser. He's the creator of Energetic NLP. He's an internationally renowned NLP trainer, life coach, corporate consultant, teacher, psychic, and healer. Art's gift is to help people develop their hidden abilities and discover how amazing they truly are so that they are more successful, have more fun, better health, more satisfying relationships, grow spiritually, and contribute more to the world. Our unique background is in an NLP trainer, medical researcher, consultant to major corporations and leaderships, 37 years of study and development in the fields of NLP, spirituality, life coaching, healing, and intuition development. He studied with a diverse group of amazing healers, intuitives, and spiritual leaders, and with all of the developers of NLP. He has had two empowerments from the Dalai Lama of Tibet. Art is known for the joy, humor, and compassion that he brings to his work. His ability to simplify complex ideas and his magical ability to help people release old programming, emotions, and limiting beliefs and tap into their miraculous self. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Art Geyser. Art, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I am absolutely wonderful. It is a beautiful Saturday morning out here. Where are you at in the world? I'm uh, in the Hollywood Hills. It's a little foggy, but it's still beautiful. Yeah, I've heard uh, my my boys went and running around Hollywood several months ago. Um, yeah, they, they, they had a good time. It wasn't exactly what they expected because, no. you know, you see Hollywood and it's like, this is not at all what I expected, but they, they said it was one heck of an experience. They're glad that they did it. Yeah. I, I'm actually not near that part of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I live on Hollywood Boulevard, but miles away from that, I mean, yeah. it go, becomes a little road in the hills. Yeah. I, oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. yeah I dig that. So, as you know, before we get too much into our conversation, I like to start out with an attitude of gratitude, man. What do you have to be grateful for today? Boy, I have so much to be grateful for. And, you know, I was thinking about that ahead of time. Um, But one thing that I'm really, really grateful for is all the possibilities that all of us have. Even, Even when we feel like we're trapped in situations, at least in the Western world, it's like, my God, if I want to learn something, I can go onto YouTube and have experts from all over the world and i just feel like i I live in a in a society that has plenty of problems but so much possibility for learning and growth and making a difference so i'm just i'm just so grateful for being alive at this time in human history you know i always every time we have these conversations or i have these conversations with somebody it's interesting how the conversation leads to something that I've already got going on in my head or something that I've been reading. Mm. Um, and I, you know, I call it, call it your reticulated activating system, call it divine intervention, whatever it is. But I was just introduced by uh, Bill Gates did this video on LinkedIn and he was talking about this book called Factfulness or yeah, Factfulness. Hmm. And I, I watched the YouTube video and it was about that. It was really a talking about part of what you just said about 
how much there is in the world, but it's so convoluted and, and so many people don't get a chance to see it because it's covered up by other entities, let's just say, mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason. But what you just said and what, you had, what you're grateful for today is absolutely correct. And when we have so much going on in our lives, it just seems like it's the end of the world. There truly is so much abundance in the world. And sometimes you really got to work to look for it and you really got to work, work to find it. Oh, yeah. And I, I do think I, I like the way you're saying that because it, it does take – it's a certain deliberateness and dedication to going not to – I mean some people get there by suppressing and not you know, just denying what, what isn't uh, positive in their lives. But you can, you can see all that. You can deal with it and you can still go, oh, my God, there's so many things to be grateful for. I mean, particularly if you look at human history, it's like, oh, my God, you know, it's um, the 20th century was a nightmare for for millions and millions and millions (laughs) and millions of people. And are there people suffering today? Of course. And do we need to do things about that? Of course. And that there's, you know, I think if we stay joyful and appreciative, we're more motivated to change the world and help others and help ourselves. And if we just focus on ain't it awful and what's wrong and it shouldn't be this way. So, but, but I think it's a choice and, mm-hmm. and one that for some people, they have to break a lot of old mental habits, but it's worth the effort. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll close that with this uh, kind of a, I guess I'll try to quote it, but it won't be exactly the same. But I remember Mother Teresa saying something to the effect of, invite me to an an anti-war rally Uh and I won't show up, but invite me to a peace rally and I'm there all day long. Uh, Because the mentality of the the two are completely polar opposites. Absolutely. Absolutely. They both want the same things, but the way they go about it is completely different. So it's all in your words and in your mindset. So, Art, how would you describe yourself? As a my work or my as a person? As a person, (laughs) Um, I would describe myself. I'm I'm uh, I'm very I'm compassionate. I'm curious. I'm strong-willed. I'm uh, um, mischievous. (laughs) I like like that. In my training programs, the first thing I have people do is they have to take a pledge that they won't believe anything I say. And, you know, mm-hmm. at first, you know, I really build up. You have to take a pledge, and they're looking around like, "Oh my God, we're in a cult." <laughs> you know, and then and I make them pledge that they're going to discover their own truth, and I'm going to help them do that. But I don't want them to come in to believe what I'm t- telling them. Um, I want them to explore and discover their inner wisdom, their spiritual information. So. I think that says a lot about who I am, and, and I'm, I'm an explorer, an adventurer. That's very so. cool. I like that, and I like that you you specifically mentioned that you don't want people to necessarily believe what you say. And you know, being the host of this podcast, I'm just a man on my journey as well, and mm-hmm. I can kind of tell when people are just really just trying to agree with me. And I'll tell you, I'm in circles where guys don't. They just if they don't <laughs> agree with you, they will push back. And those are the type of guys I like to hang around with because those are the ones that help help my mind grow. Because I'm open enough to look at other uh, venues and other ways of life. For instance, uh, what we're going to talk about here today with NLP, I'm a huge fan. 
Um, I've, uh, I wouldn't say I really kind of studied it for my doctorate or a master's or anything, but mm-hmm. I have followed it. I followed some other folks that are, you know, doing NLP. I've looked at a few books, some websites, some YouTube videos, and I dig it. I just like the whole idea of it and the whole concept. So let's talk a little bit about that and kind of work into how you got into that. What's kind of your background and what got you into, um, NLP for yourself, for your own personal reasons, mm-hmm. and then helping other people get into and, and work through NLP. Great. Well, I'll start by, so NLP is Neuro Linguistic Programming. And it was started in the 70s here in California. Actually, it was started at the university I went to like a couple years after I graduated, which was, when I realized that later, went, that's interesting. But um, um, I mean, it was starting to happen all around me and I didn't even know it. Um, but the people who started it were we're wanting to find out how do people make rapid and still deep personal change and transformation. And originally they, they thought of it more therapeutically, but then they realized, well, it wasn't just for therapy. It was also for skills transfer. So if somebody's good at something or better at something than I am, I don't have to be fixing myself. I can kind of go, well, how are they doing it? So it's like, if you wanted to learn how to snowboard, there's a lot of people who would teach you how to move your body An NLP person would teach you how to think like a snowboarder. What's going on in their internal reality that allows them to be great? And very, very often, that's a well. That all I mean, all athletes know that how they think, how they visualize, is part of what what makes them great. In in NLP, uh, often you can do very magical transformation of of people. So the way I got involved in it is, I always was kind of split in that I was always fascinated by um, telepathy and dreams and the mystical. But I also, my father was one of the early computer guys, mainframe computer guys, and I, I grew up around that. And I loved logic and wanted to be a scientist when I grew up. And so I had this part of me that was very logic and prove it and all about science. And then a part of me that was really attracted to the mystical. And I was a biology major when I was in university, and I I realized that um, by the time I graduated, I realized it wasn't really the right place for me, even though I found it fascinating. I realized that wasn't where I really could offer my gifts to the world, and but I had no idea what to do with myself, and I'd always believed that my life path was just going to appear all of a sudden, and so I thought, well, I have a degree in biology, and somehow I, uh, I had it. I got a job managing a research lab for the University of California Medical School in San Francisco, which is like a world-class institution. And I, I'm i still amazed that they hired me because I had minimal qualifications, but they liked my honest. I, I was so sure I wasn't going to get the job. I was just totally clear and confident and honest <laughs> in the interview, and they liked that. And I mean, I told them my neck what was negative about me and stuff in there i was just i thought well i'm not going to get the job anyways um and so everything was rocking and rolling and i had been this really adventuresome person and um all of a sudden i got stuck and year you know the years passed and i was still in this job and it was a good job and i mean i could go listen to nobel laureates over lunch and everything was fantastic and i was proud of what we were doing but i knew i didn't belong there and I had true love in my life. I, I had a lot of fun. I had, you know, a quote unquote good job. But I, I felt constantly like I'd let myself down and that I, I knew I had special gifts and I knew 
this is you know I, this isn't where I could use them. This, so, and I kept waiting for something to appear, and it never did. So then I started thinking, oh, what am I? Am I just some kind of loser, or what's wrong with me? Or am I a wimp or a coward? And the, the funny thing is, somebody like myself now could have straightened me out in about five minutes or certainly one session. Mm. But but I was trapped in my own beliefs. And the, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. I I felt like whatever I did next was going to prove who I really was. So, of course, I was afraid to do anything next because I didn't know what it was. And if it didn't work, I was going to prove that I, I wasn't who I really thought I was. So I, I, I built this mental trap. And a lot of the work I do with people now is getting them out of the, these mental traps we create for ourselves because people constantly are putting themselves in little boxes and don't realize it. And what happened, I actually went to this lecture and during a break, I walked by a, a bulletin board with flyers on it and I read one and it said neuro-linguistic programming and it literally felt like a bolt of lightning went down through the top of my head through the midline of my body. And... Um, I mean, I've never felt anything like it since. It was just like literally like those old things about you know, you're hit by the bolt of lightning. And the scientific part of my brain was going, what was that? And the mystic in me went, well, it was a sign. What do you think it was? <laughs> and I went back to the talk and they they were selling some books and they had an NLP book there, which was interesting because the book had nothing to do with what the talk was about. So I thought, well, that's interesting because I'd never even heard of it before. And then I started reading it and everything they were saying, either there were things I'd thought and then forgotten or things I'd never thought but made sense. And then um, I decided for once in my life not to do the cheap, easy thing. And, and, and I found out what was the best NLP course that I knew of that I could go to. And it was a super advanced course. I shouldn't even been in there. But boom, signed up to it, went and five minutes into it, knew I was in the right place. And Everything after that was just magical. Wow, that's impressive. That, those, uh, it, it's well, it seems like you know the whole process of what I understand of NLP anyway is that it happened exactly how it's really supposed to. Yeah. Oh, I, I, well, I I don't know if I'd say that was NLP, but that's what I believe. And for me, it was even better because I was uh, studying in Marin County, north of San Francisco. So there were a lot of people into you know, woo-woo and strange and interesting things and mystical things. And they started teaching me stuff and introducing me to energetic healing and opening up of intuition and clairvoyance. And I started taking classes in that. And so I realized I had this amazing, powerful system, NLP, and I had these other systems that were amazing and powerful, but they had different strengths and weaknesses. And then I started going, what happens if I start putting them together? And that was the birth of energetic NLP, where I put together spiritual principles, uh, intuition development, transformative uh, energy work with NLP. And and really back in about 1984 was the birth of all of, all of it. Yeah, I want to get much more into that because that's the part that I really was intrigued when um, Karen and I, I think it was Karen that reached out to me uh, with uh, at Interview Valet mm -hmm. and – thought that you'd be a good fit for the show and uh, conversation for men of abundance and like i said i've already knew about nlp but then you combine the nlp with energetic 
uh, energy and and just so much more. You've got so many other things that you have going on that you're bringing it all together. And I want to have that conversation. I want to talk about that in just a minute. But before we do that, uh, sure. as you know, because you've listened to the show, I really want to get into this this kick in the gut moment because you mm-hmm. already kind of mentioned you know a little bit of it. And maybe I don't know if that's really your kick in the gut moment when you realized, yeah, you went through all this schooling and education and realized this isn't really where you know your energy's at, where you want to be. Um, but I'd love for you to share that kick in the gut moment with us and really make us feel that. Well, you know, I was thinking about this ahead of time and I realized in the past, a lot of my kick in the gut moments took years to resolve, but I was trying to think of one that, that really catalyzed. And I had, I was studying NLP and I, and I was also studying the energetic and healing work. And my initial teachers in the energetic and healing work they were fantastic at opening up people's abilities, but they didn't teach me how to do it safely. So I didn't realize it, but so I'd be working with my clients and their lives would be getting better. And I didn't realize that I was absorbing their problems. Mm. And I had no idea what was going on. I just knew that I was having all these weird reactions. Like I was having emotions that didn't seem like my emotions and thoughts that didn't seem like my thoughts. And I, I was, um, I was the kind of person at the gym that people walked up to and asked me how they should, how do I build up my arms and my shoulders and stuff? Because through, I was just kind of naturally strong uh, genetically and then through sports. So, but I, I looked like the picture of fitness and I'd go to the doctors and I'd go, I'm tired and my stomach hurts and, and this and that. And nobody ever called me a hypochondriac, but they'd always just kind of go, well, there's nothing wrong with you. And I'd go, well, I'm thrilled to hear that. Why do I feel this way? And I went to Peru, and the time that I was in Peru, and I just finished uh, working in about 10 days of NLP programs where people were making massive changes, and I was really exhausted, went to Peru, and and I was in Peru, this is um, back in the 80s when they were on the verge of revolution. So there was a lot of um, of survival and fear kind of energies there, and, and there were wonderful things too, but it was a it was a very, they, they really thought these shining path gorillas might take over the country. And I had a meltdown in, in Lima airport coming back. I mean, I had this huge anxiety attack and I'd never had an anxiety attack in my life. And, um, and it went on for weeks. I mean, I couldn't be around people and any little stimulation just freaked me out. And I talked to my one of my mentors in NLP, a woman named Leslie Cameron Bandler, amazing woman, and, and she did this deliberately. I'm talking to her on the phone, and she laughed, and she goes, this doesn't sound like you. And I go, I, 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 go, I know I feel like I'm living somebody else's life. And that what that did was that spurred me to talk to, to better teachers and get better teachers about the energetic healing work. And they go, you are literally having other people's experiences. You've, you've so opened up energetically you're feeling their emotions, you're feeling their fears, and you don't know what to do about it because it's not your stuff. And they taught me how to start clearing that and healing that. And that not only immediately improved the situation and I felt like myself again, but it, it changed the whole nature of the work I did with other people. And one of the things I emphasize now is teaching people how to take care of their energy, take care of their mind, but also their energy field. So that that was it was a horrible experience when it happened, but uh, it totally transformed my life for the better. Well, yeah, as many kick in the gut moments do. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, man, thanks for sharing that because that is one of the things about practitioners in any form, any professional, any profession, 
uh, certifications. I mean, even health and fitness, you know, you can go on a weekend and go get a, a group training certification to be certified to mm-hmm. train people in, in group exercise. But if you don't know anatomy, if you don't know the individuals that you're talking to, if you don't know the people that you're working with, you can really cause some damage oh. uh, to people. And it's the same with anything else. And I never even considered um, the effect that it has on you as the teacher, as the professor, although I've worked with a lot of chaplains and stuff, and it's kind of like I, I'm always talking to chaplains and, hey, chaplain, how are you doing today? Uh, mm. You know, because nobody asks them how they're doing. They're taking <laughs> on everybody else's problems. Uh, and it does weigh down on you, you know, especially when you can't talk to other people about it. And they never could talk to me about other people's issues that they bring to them. But um, good for you that you were able to, you know, it, it, that's, that just proves another reason, guys, right there, to have such a network of people that you can communicate on a moment's notice. Mm. I mean, there you are in the Lima airport and you call a friend of yours or a colleague and she's able to, you know, point out, point out a few things and then you just make a decision to get better instruct, better teachers. Yeah. I love it. Amazing. And can I say something real quickly? Yeah, absolutely. Because people never think of them this way. Um I would love to teach like people in the police, sheriffs, people in the courts, how to clear their energy. Because it's like my mom used to work in a court here in California. And she talked about some of the sheriffs, they just got more, they got nastier often, Mm -hmm. you know, because they were around a lot of like people who, not necessarily judging them as people, but in in nasty situations. And, um, and, you know, I look at a lot of them, they're, they're just absorbing energies from people all the time. And, and nobody's teaching them, like, hey, you can clear that off. I mean, it's also it's part of the reason some rock stars and stuff are so crazy and, and famous people. Think of, I mean, think of there's millions of people focusing their energy on you. And no wonder somebody like Michael Jackson, you know, had to take me on pain relief all the time. They had millions and millions and millions of teenage girls and other people focused on him all the time. If you don't have good protections or, or know how to deal with that energy – it starts making people, I should say crazy, but but uh, what we'd call neurotic, or mm-hmm. and they just don't know what to do with themselves. Yeah, they don't know how to heal point. it. Yeah, I'm very, very good point. I've worked a lot with paramedics. I'm a, I was trained as a paramedic, uh, yeah. um, EMT, and I'm telling you guys, if you've never done that kind of work, I mean, these uh, people, police officers, they're dealing with – I don't want to say the lowest of lows, but they're dealing with a group of people that most never get experience to, and they become very hard in their heart. Yeah. They come, They become very hard. And at first, it's physically a tough job, but it's mentally just a very draining and very tough job. But if somebody like you could get in there and have them clear some of that out, man, that would just make such a huge difference on the entire um, – the way that they go out and interact with the next person. And, and, and let me just say for everybody listening, one of the reasons people harden their heart is they don't know how to deal with the energy of mm-hmm. it. And and that's the best they can do is to shut down because yeah. they don't know how to keep their heart open without being flooded by things they don't want to be flooded with. Yeah, yeah. Very, very tough. Very tough. Yeah. And so help us understand, you know, because some of the guys I know are out there going, this is all woo-woo stuff. Yeah. And, you know, if you're yeah. still here. Hey, if you're still here, great. Keep <laughs> listening because, it, you know, you just got to open your mind, guys, and, and really take on new energies. Because think of it this way. Is what you've been doing at this point really working for you? That's for you to answer. 
But Art, if you could help us understand this a little bit more, help us understand NLP combined with energy yeah. and everything else that you do. And I'd like to say that there's this incredible myth out there that energy work is not scientific. Um, there is a ton of scientific research. Um, so, so I'll give one. Well, I'll give one example that I love real quickly at the University of Arizona and other places. They uh, rats, if they if it's noisy, they get stressed, and you can physiologically measure it. it when they have healers send energy to the rats, they start de-stressing, and you know, and it, and it correlates exactly. You know, now, and if it were a pill that they were giving the rats, people would go, "Oh, this pill works," but um. But the scientific establishment, no matter how good the research is, and some of the research on energy work is flawless. And I like to say, I, I managed a research lab for 11 years, and there's a lot of crappy research out there on, on all levels. You know, um, but, you know, and, and you think about things like the placebo effect. I'm pretty sure the rats aren't going, oh, the nice person's sending me energy. But, um, but they'll also – they'll they'll do what are called double-blind experiments. And a double-blind experiment, it means that the person doing the experiment and the subject, neither of them know what's going on. They don't know why they're doing it. So they'll tell pe people, and they'll have a technician hook them up to me instruments that measure physiological responses. And the technician doesn't know why they're doing it, and the subject doesn't know why they're doing it. They just know they're being measured. And then they'll have a healer an energy healer in the next room or a thousand miles away starts sending healing energy to them and the, their responses change, you know, correlated to when the healer's working. When the healer stops, they don't go all the way back, or other, yeah, otherwise it wouldn't have been a healing, but you can tell when they started, you can tell when they kept going, you can tell when they stopped. And there can't be any placebo effect because, you know, again, it's double blind. The, the, for if people don't know what the placebo effect, it's it's that something's working because you psychologically think it's going to work. Well, if mm -hmm. you don't know what's going on, there's no placebo effect because you don't you don't know what's going on. Right. And this experiment's been done in places like Oxford. I mean, it's been done at universities all over the world. There's a ton of research that's been done in Russia, but it doesn't get translated because the scientific establishment in the U.S. will punish you if you try to punish this, publish this kind of material. Mm -hmm. There. They're so against it. And whether you think it's a conspiracy by the pharmaceutical companies, which I'm not saying it is. I mean, there's a lot of theories, or maybe they're just prejudiced. I mean, because scientists are as prejudiced as anybody else. Um, uh, like I say, I did it for 11 years. Um, mm. And um, so, so the point of all that is it is not true that there's not scientific evidence. There's a ton of it. And a lot of it is very, very, very good. And the other thing is we know nowadays – that people have energy fields. You know, that's that physics tells us nowadays. So the idea that people have these mystical auras and energy fields, we know that's true. Now, we don't know that everything that people talk about in energy work, it can't all be measured yet. But um, but I've, I've worked with Russian scientists who had these energy machines they could set at different frequencies. And, and again, you could be in the next room and they would have uh, – reproducible effects on people and the only thing that was coming through the walls was energy you know and you know they the person might get sleepy they might get alert all of a sudden they could solve problems all of a sudden they're anxious all of a sudden they're not anxious so i mean it, it's not woo, woo it's just poorly understood and just because it's old doesn't mean it's wrong right <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, <clears throat> and I agree with a lot of what you say. Being in the medical field as long as I have, um, Western 
medicine in general is they they know they know what they're taught and many of them many of them are not capable of opening up to consider anything other than that and sometimes yeah. there's legal issues with it as well totally get that totally agree with that so how can we use this in our day-to-day activity how can this apply to men of abundance in regard to living a better life in general and family faith finances and or fitness yeah um so I do want to say I, I have a free webinar that, that will teach people how to do it. Some, some very simple energy techniques. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, I've been thinking ahead of time, what, what can I explain uh, in this short time? But let, let me give a simple one that with practice, I think a lot of people, well, with practice, this can make an amazing difference in people's lives. So in a theory in energy work is energy follows your thoughts and your intentions. So if I was working with a group of five-year-olds and I said, okay, imagine the room filling up with gold, sparkling energy, it would fill up with – they, they just laugh and giggle and think it was a game and they'd do it. So you access the powers of your unconscious mind and your, your, your spirit often by just – pretending or imagining things and by using metaphors or analogies that your conscious mind and your unconscious mind can work with. So one that I love is the idea of a magnet. So almost everybody has played with a magnet when they were little. And we know that magnets are these little things that have energy. They have magnetic fields. And like if you take a pin and you let go of it, the magnet will will pull the pin to it. So it's a a great – uh, analogy or metaphor to use because almost every anybody you're going to encounter has played with magnets when they were a child. So it's wired in. And so what I, people can try right now if they want and let go of it having to work or anything else. Just imagine floating out in front of you is this magnet, but it's a magnet for other people's energy in your energy field. And just pretend that it's true. And the more people are playful with this the more they just treat it like a little silly children's game the more powerful it'll be so imagine there's a magnet floating out in front of you and just give your spirit permission now to release out into that magnet some of the energies in the in your energy field that aren't yours that are other people's and just pretend they go out to the magnet and then drop the magnet into the earth And we're going to do four of these. Put one more magnet high above you. Let it clear your body and energy field through your shoulders, your neck, your head, and all around your head. And even going up above your head at least nine feet, three meters. Just imagine your spirit is taking energies from other people and pulling them out of that space into that magnet above you. Then drop that magnet into the earth. And then my personal favorite, put a magnet behind you because energies literally hide behind your back. Let it clear the back of your body and energy field and just pretend things are going off into that magnet. Drop that into the center of the earth. And the fourth and last magnet, just put that in the earth below you and let it clear from your waist and the base of your spine all the way around you down through your legs into the earth let it clear all that area 
and then there's a, a second quick part of this, which is we're also leaving our energy everywhere we go. We're leaving it in other people, the past, the present, the future. We leave it where we work. We leave it in our cars. So imagine a gold ball of energy above your head. And you don't have to believe this is going to work or not, but just give your spirit permission to retrieve your energy from wherever you've scattered it and let it come into that gold ball. And then bring that gold ball into your body and let that gold energy and your authentic energy fill your entire body and energy field in you and completely around you. Now, this process works whether people feel it or not. A lot of people, they have to do it a number of times before they feel it. But I'm curious, Wally, if you noticed anything. I did, and I and I did it partly, not not completely. I'll go back and listen to this again and do it more completely. Yeah. But I was following along, but at the same time, I'm still trying to, you know, of course, <clears throat> concentrate on the conversation and whatnot. But I do, uh, I have done stuff like this before, uh, and I do feel the energy and I feel the difference. And the perfect example, as you just said, magnets. I play with magnets now as an adult. It yeah. just amazes me, and that's it, you can't see that energy. And there's no denying that it's there. So why would anybody deny that there's other energy like you just explained that we just went through? Because I do feel that kind of energy. And I feel renewed um, after a form. It's a form of meditation. It's a form of, you know, just yeah. channeling your, your, your thoughts and your energy that's around you. I love it. But I've never had it in that context of having the energy that I have, I'm carrying of other people uh, in me. And letting that mm-hmm. go. That I've never done before. So I'm very excited about going back because I know I have some – there's some people that are got some monkey chatter uh-huh. in my head and I need to let that go. Uh, and that's just one amazing way to do it. Well, a, a couple of comments. One is if somebody wants to think it's just working psychologically, fine. You know, I'm not a faith you – know, I'm not teaching faith healing. So if you want to – if they want to believe it's working psychologically, it works. I mean, I've been teaching this to thousands of people. I teach corporate executives to do this. And I, I, I used to do a lot of work with like Fortune 100 companies and pharmaceutical companies, high tech, um, financials. And, and there I wouldn't talk about this energy. I just talk about it's psychological. But mm-hmm. um, but it works. And, and I would encourage people to try it. And what I encourage people is to do it when they first wake up in the morning and do it before they go to bed. If they do it when they first wake up, so I'm one of those people, I often wake up like, if, if I take two minutes and do that, it's like, hello, world. If you do it before you go to sleep, you'll sleep better. You'll get more rest with your sleep. Mm-hmm. If you have an important meeting coming up, take a minute and do it. If you've had a tough interaction with somebody, afterwards, do it. So just to review it, it's just four magnets, one in front. You clear the front, drop it in the earth. When above, clear the upper parts of your body and above your body, drop it in the earth. When behind you, clear the back of your body and behind you, drop it in the earth. When in the earth, clear from your base of your spine down and through and around your legs, drop that in the earth. And then the, the retrieval part, you put a gold ball of energy above your head. You ask your spirit to pull into it your own energies that you've scattered and then you bring that gold ball with that gold energy and um, and your own energy and fill your whole body and energy field. The, the reason we're using gold energy is people see colors because they're different frequencies of light. Mm-hmm. And 
So using colors is also a good way to think of different frequencies of energies. And there's a reason kings and queens used to have gold crowns on their head. You know, they didn't know it consciously. I, I once had the crown jewels, and, and um, this is a whole story, but in London, my, my life is so synchronistic. I was, usually that room is absolutely packed. You can bear, you know, you, you can't stand still. I had them all to myself for about 15 minutes, so I'm checking out the energies of them. There's a reason they, they were putting these gold crowns on their head, because that frequency of energy, it's a very neutral, very spiritual energy. It's almost like food. So when they bring gold energy into your body, it really um, revives you and nurtures you. Wow. So I'm, su- I'm suggesting the listeners, and again, if they want to think it's just working psychologically, that's fine. But ask them, like, try it for a week. First thing when you get up, before you go to bed, during the day, before something's going to be stressful and afterwards, and they'll notice the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So you've worked with this with thousands of people, as you've already said. What mm-hmm. is one of the most amazing good news stories that you've seen come out of your work uh, with other people? Um, geez, I mean, so physically, people who have had cancers that disappeared. Uh, I was working with somebody recently, and I wasn't the only one working with them. Uh, he is. He had macular degeneration. They were going to do all these treatments. He doesn't have that anymore. Uh, people that have been unsuccessful in business. And I'm, I'm not, again, like I'm not, not everybody gets the same results, but I've had a lot of people whose businesses go up to a whole new level. People who change careers and find careers that are satisfying. People that vastly improve their, it's incredible for improving relationships with your family and your loved ones because, um, What's going on with each person energetically is is deeply and profoundly affecting the relationship. And I'll give you a simple story. I, a friend of mine, her daughter would wake up every night in the middle of the night with with nightmares, and then come to bed, uh, get in, in bed with her and her husband. So I, I told her, well, before she goes to bed at night, you're her mom, you're in charge. Put a magnet outside the room and pull all the energies out of the room that are that give her nightmares and fill the room up with really beautiful, wonderful energies and just do that before she goes to sleep every night. That was the last time she had nightmares like that. Mm. And um, wow. I mean, it's that's it, the hardest thing with some of my, my people, in my training programs, I go, this is all so easy. You're going to try to make it hard. Mm. It's really because every human being was born with these gifts. It's not like some people have special abilities and others don't. Everybody can do it. It's it's not everybody's path. It's not everybody's interest. But for anybody listening, if this resonates with you at all and you have a desire to unlock your miraculous abilities, it's easy. Mm. So I would encourage it. Yeah, absolutely. I do too. At least give it a try. It's one of those things. Just give it a try, guys. So Art, we're at the point where we're going to pay it forward to our abundant leaders. You ready to do that? Yes. Hey guys, I need a huge favor from you and this has very high potential of being very beneficial to you as well. You may or may not know, but I recently launched a new e-learning platform called Abundance and Prosperity Mastery. And this is where I combine the abundance mindset with marketing and business strategies. And I'm in the process of writing a book that specifically details my ability to find a minimum of $10,000 in additional revenue for any industry out there. And I'm convinced I can do this for any industry out there. And I do this in just 45 minutes. 
And this is a service that I'm currently offering to select clients. So what I'm asking of you as a Men of Abundance listener is if you would consider letting me perform this service for you in your industry, especially if it's an industry I have not worked in yet, and then just use your results as a future case study in my book, either under your business name or anonymously. And again, as a Men of Abundance listener, I won't charge you anything for this service. And all I ask in return is your written permission to use your results for my book. And if I impress you, maybe just a brief testimonial I can use as well. If you're willing and ready to do that favor for me, then send me an email email to info at apmasterycoach.com that's alpha papa masterycoach.com and in the subject line put 10k book and then in the body of the email just put a brief description of what your industry is and maybe a few of your biggest challenges i will then get back with you with a calendar link so that you and i can get on the line and i can show you how i can find ten thousand dollars of revenue in your business in 45 minutes And as an added bonus, just for helping me out, I will share with you the three biggest lead generation mistakes small businesses make and how to overcome every one of them. All right, let's get back to the conversation. You've already shared one amazing action step that we could do. I absolutely love that. So that can be one if you want. Uh, But share with our abundant leaders one to three actionable steps that they can take today. So one is... um I would encourage people to like your beliefs, but don't mummify them. What do you mean by that? So what I mean is that, you know, we have to operate out of our beliefs. But if you're a person who's growing and evolving, your beliefs change. I mean, I'm sure your beliefs are different now than they were 10 years ago. Oh, my beliefs are different now from a year ago. Oh, exactly. (laughs) Just because of all the people I get a chance to talk to. Well, exactly. And so many people... They're afraid to look at their own beliefs, like something terrible is going to happen. Most of the beliefs that people have were programmed into you. And being willing to go, I like what I believe, and at the same time go, they're not Egyptian mummies in a tomb for 2,000 years. Like, let them live, let them breathe, let them evolve. Particularly for men, we're so often so programmed to, to be right. And I remember when I first realized, and I. This is, can be life-changing for a lot of people, that when I changed my mind about something, when somebody convinced me like that their ideas were better than mine, that then I, that changing my beliefs made me right again. So I didn't have to give up on being right. And that if I held on to my beliefs in the face of all the evidence that they weren't true, that was being wrong. So, mm. so what I'm saying is <laughs> we're so programmed that we have to hold on to our beliefs like your beliefs, love your beliefs, but let them be alive, let them grow, let them evolve, and be thrilled when they change. I, yeah. I remember one of my clients at the time, he, he, he was a, a corporate client, and I, I'd worked on him on this because he was always, he was really brilliant, and he was always wanting to be right, and he goes, yeah, I had a discussion with somebody on my team, and, you know, and we, I, we really disagreed, and then he goes, then I realized they were right. And he said it like that. And I went, you've changed. He goes, yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, your idea is better. Fine. Yeah. And and that goes so against the kind of machismo programming that men get inflicted on a lot of men. Um, so that that would be a huge thing. Um, the doing the magnets is huge. The other is, again, only if this appeals to people, even just starting to entertain the idea that that who you think you are is just a tiny portion of this vast spiritual being that you really are. And that 
when people, and I stress this a lot in my programs, when you start realizing I am so much more than my personality and my programming, magical things start happening in your life and miraculous things. And, and life becomes more synchronistic. You find yourself saying and doing things that you're going, wow, that was good. <laughs> where, where did that come from? Well, it comes from your bigger self. So I would encourage people just entertain the idea that like what you think of as you is is a a small almost insulting version of this greater person that you are and i'm saying insulting in a joking way and just playing with that idea that fits almost all religions and philosophies Mm -hmm. you know that we that we are so much more than this body in our personality then again it opens up amazing things in people's lives yeah, so and, yeah. Yeah, I want to really touch on something really quick, Art, because I think it's important. And you're talking about beliefs, and we're talking about changing our beliefs, guys. We're not talking about changing values. And where yes. a lot of people, when I have these conversations, where I know for a fact that some people uh, really struggle with this, is with their religious beliefs, their religious beliefs, and so when some people hear anything outside of any like channeling energy this type of stuff, it doesn't, it's incongruent with what they believe based on their religion and what they've been taught uh, and what they know of the Bible and whatever that is. I don't care what Mm -hmm. religion it is. It's important to me, I believe. And this is, again, if you resonate, if it resonates with you, great. If not, you probably already shut us off. But um, if it, if it's incongruent with your religion, remember, I believe that's a belief because, uh, of what how you're taught because some people can teach this a lot of people teach out of the same bible but they teach completely different things for mm-hmm. instance uh Aryan nation white supremacists they believe yeah. they are christians and they are reading from the same bible you're reading from so that's one example of of how your beliefs can be changed uh not necessarily not your values so consider that i just wanted to bring that up what do you think about that art yeah and and all religions and all the Western religions have really strong mystical parts to them. And they may not use the word energy, but um, but it's it's inherent it's deeply embedded in Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Mm-hmm. All you know, it's like we've been taught only the for the most part the more logical parts. Uh, I don't know if that's the right way to say it. But the but in and if you look at um you know, saints and apostles and stuff, they all have a very mystical bend. And I, I love seeing like old religious paintings because they clearly show people and angels and stuff in saints sending energy. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look, they show halos above their head, which is right. what okay. in India they would call a crown mm-hmm. chakra. You know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and, and they, they show them with their hands and stuff sending energy to one another. So, you know, the, the word energy, it's just a word, but I have people in my programs who are atheists. I have people who are deeply, deeply religious. And I've had people that were very religious Jews, Christians, and, and Muslims. Um, so this isn't – and you know, and they – and one of the things that I pride myself in my programs is uh, people tell me they're very spacious. It's like, I again, you know, take whatever I have to offer and, and use it within your own spiritual or religious beliefs. I'm not trying to change those for anybody. But, uh, but it is compatible, and and I laugh sometimes because, you know, um, some of the most fundamental religious groups, they do healings. A, mm-hmm. a good friend of mine, um, so the Amish, you know, completely fundamental, they had their they have healer. He was a healer. He went between Amish communities healing people. 
that was part of their tradition. And it's part of, again, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam is healers. That's it's an, it's an old, old idea. It's not a new one. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So what daily, daily habits make the biggest impact in your life, Art? Um, using the magnets, like I just so I have a little energy routine I do in the morning when I get up and before I go to bed. And, and often I, I'll, I'll spend a lot of time during the day also doing things, but just a few minutes doing that magnets, retrieving my energy. I do a couple of other processes that there's not time to explain here, but but if people want, they, they they can listen to the webinar where I talk about like three really powerful processes and they're there to clear your energy, retrieve your energy. And to every day I clear some of the uh, energetic and unconscious programming in my space that limits me, that isn't uh, in, that isn't in alignment with my spirit and my truth. So um, th- those things like clearing my energy, retrieving my energy and clearing different blocks and limitations and you can do that five minutes twice a day and your life becomes completely enhanced on all levels excellent so based on you know considering some of these guys are just hearing this for the first time some of them are kind of like where i'm at we've heard about it uh looked into it what would you recommend that our abundant leaders read or listen to as it relates to this as they're kind of just getting started and if that's something that you have published that'd be great yeah, so I, I I would definitely recommend if they're interested, and I'll get on my mailing list. I do, well, even even this morning, I did a two-hour free uh, video webinar. I do tons of, I have recordings, but I do tons of free webinars where they can learn these different processes and get healings and clearings. And um, the easiest way to get to my site is www.enlp, the number seven, dot com. So, ENLP, like energetic NLP, the number seven.com. If they sign up on my mailing list, they'll hear about that. Uh, my good friend John Friedlander has a wonderful book called Psychic Psychology. And John, by the way, is a Harvard trained lawyer. He's one of the most brilliant people I, I ever met. And um, so when, he, when he's talking about energy work and stuff, it's coming from somebody who's incredibly logical. Well, he's incredibly mystical too, but he's he's very smart very logical person so he's he's also a good source of talking about what people consider woo woo in a very grounded solid way and his, his name is John Friedlander and the book is psychic psychology so those are um, um, if you go on YouTube uh, um, Rupert Sheldrake who's a professor from I think it was from Cambridge he has wonderful videos on YouTube Dean Radden is an American also, and, and I like both of them because they're both scientists, and when they talk about um, energy work and stuff, they can cite a lot of very powerful research and, um, and talk about how it's, um, uh, it's just so difficult to get it published because the scientific journals will get attacked. In fact, some of these were TED Talks, but they've been taken off TED Talks because even when somebody's presenting scientific research on energy work, TED will take them off. Hmm. You know, they they do a lot of good things, but they've got a little fascist tendencies in them yeah, too. And I never and, heard um, that before. Yeah, it, if you look up banned t- TED talks, and um, if people are are more creative, Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, and Big Magic, um, she has some wonderful videos on creativity that that talks about the role of energy work with creativity and how 
until modern times, people always realized there's an energetic part of it, which is why they talked about muses and angels and stuff helping artists and writers, because they, they recognized it wasn't just, as she would put it, genius wasn't just an internal thing. So, um, and, and like it, you, on the internet, there's a lot of awful stuff, but again, Dean Radden, Rupert Sheldrake are great ones, Lynn McTaggart's another good one mm-hmm. for really solid stuff. Excellent. Yeah. And thanks for sharing that because uh, it's just sad when, when information in itself is being suppressed. And I know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I kind of, I kind of chuckle at that because I'm one of these guys, I don't want to get into the conversation, but it, I think of the, uh, the flat earthers and how I don't oh, know, yeah. it's just, it's just comical to me, but Hey, they believe what they want to believe and they have their right to put their stuff out there as well. So um, that's that. What do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Um, there's a term that we use in energetic NLP called whole being permission. And most people, when they approach abundance, so so how you think the whole mind game, the mental part of it, is hugely important. And then some people add in working with their unconscious mind. But, but you, we're all more than that. So everybody has a spirit. Everybody has a soul. They have a conscious mind, an unconscious mind, and a body. Um, they also have what are called spiritual contracts and karma. And when people work on all these different levels, they're able to create abundance and sustain it. Because for a lot of people, either they can't create it or they almost get there or they um, start to – or they get it, but then they lose it, whether it's abundance in financial or love or health. And it's because they're actually operating out of different agendas. So I discovered years ago, I'd be working with somebody and their spirit wanted one thing, their soul wanted another thing, their conscious mind wanted something else. The unconscious mind, because it's complex, might have wanted three different conflicting things, and the body had its own agenda. And then I I learned how to start looking at and changing people's karma, which also changed things, and then what are called spiritual contracts, which would be a whole other topic. So again, what I would encourage people is to think of them as more than just a personality and more than just a body. And to start exploring ways to make sure their their spirit, their soul, their conscious mind, their unconscious mind are in alignment. NLP has great things for aligning the conscious and unconscious mind. Energetic NLP has that, but also ways to align the the, the spirit, the soul, the conscious mind, the unconscious mind, and the body, and and work with karma and with spiritual contracts. But again, it, it just by starting to entertain the idea that maybe you're a lot more than your personality starts freeing people up. I mean, it, it can be slow going that way, but it, it, it starts rolling the rock down the hill hmm. just by starting to explore that possibility and see where, and as you talked about earlier with all the synchronicities, things will just start unfolding and happening and come to your attention in ways that, that you know, you couldn't have predicted. Yeah, that's important to have that conversation and spe- and specifically consider that within yourself because it, it reminds me of a conversation I had once before with somebody in, in reference to our internal thermostat because you were talking about mm. they'll get close to having that great relationship, but then they'll sabotage it. And then they'll get close to having that income level that they want, and then they'll sabotage it because and they'll go back to their they're normal, basically, where they where they know is normal. But you can push beyond that, as you're saying, by using these techniques and, and using NLP and the energy to push beyond it. And basically, as 
to put it in terms that I understand anyway, readjust your thermostat, you know, yeah. in, in, in that sort of a way. I totally agree. And, and again, starting with the conscious and unconscious is, is a great start. But there are all these other factors. And when people have energy in their space from other people, uh, all, all information is transferred by energy. That's how people are listening to us now. You know, if you're reading a book, you're using the energy of the light waves. And human beings, their energy has their emotions and their thoughts in it, in their programming. And people don't realize it, but even when they're in their mother's womb, their parents were programmed. They didn't, the parents didn't know it because they were programmed to do it. But they start programming their kids. And that's mm -hmm. good because you have to be programmed to exist in whatever village, society you're born into. And But as people grow up, and particularly in this age of so much possibility, the the old ancestral programming gets in our way. And so people sometimes go, I don't know why. I, you know, I work on my unconscious mind, I work on my conscious mind, but I'm still blocked. Well, often, it's like when I talked about in Peru, I was having other people's thoughts and feelings. And so I couldn't, I could manage them, but I couldn't heal or solve them because it wasn't my stuff. And when people realize, and, and and it can seem a little scary at first, but once you you realize there's things to do about it, it's not scary. Once you realize as human beings, we're, we're reacting to things not just from ourselves, but from these energies in our space, then a lot of things that you that you can't, that you've worked on, but you can't really crack or get a handle on, it's because it's just not your stuff. And you can learn how to clear it out. And then it's just not an issue anymore. I mean, it's amazing how often I'll work with people, this huge life issue and if we clear out the energy that isn't theirs, sometimes it's all gone because <laughs> mm. it never was theirs. And that's why they couldn't solve it. Oh, there's so much of that, that, that so many people hold on to hate or being betrayed and so on and so forth. And they're holding on to that energy yeah. that belongs to somebody else. And that other person, they're not feeling none of that. They're going on with their lives. So you're just being tormented by somebody who probably doesn't even know you're still being tormented by their energy. Yeah, that when makes the, perfect uh, sense to me. And the other part, you know, we've been so brainwashed, and I love genetics, um, and, and it's fascinating, and it's life, you know, it's changing the world, but everything's not genetic. So they'll, they'll do studies with, like, identical twins who were separated at birth, and often they'll have all these amazing synchronicities in their lives. Like, like there are times, like, like, two men, their wives will have the same names. These guys have never met. They didn't grow up together. Their wives have the same name, and and. I love watching scientists turn themselves into pretzels trying to explain that as somehow being genetic. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, yeah, there's a gene that says I'm marrying Becky. I mean, if you didn't grow up together, if you were separated at birth, how can you have all these similarities and things? You know, certain things you go, sure, they could be genetic. So one more example. If somebody, when they were in their mother's womb, if somebody around them, some family member was really anxious, they can absorb a lot of anxious energy. And I'll have clients come and go, I don't know why I'm anxious. I've always been anxious. I don't know. Nah, nah, nah. You know, and then we clear the energy out of their space and all of a sudden they're not anxious. And their whole life they've been dealing with energy that wasn't theirs. Mm. <laughs> and they might go in therapy and stuff and they manage it better, but it doesn't go away. But it actually is quite easy to, to clear it. So um, and that's why, again, it, it's we're more than just our personality. We're more than our genetics. All those things are hugely important. But it's starting to be open to... Um, and, and I want to make it clear, I, uh, it's like when I have clients, if they have cancer or something, I don't go, oh, take your get off your medicine. I go, go to your doctors, take your medicine, and we're going to see what we can do that complements that. Mm -hmm. you know, not 
not not stops it. You know, I'm a like I say I was a medical researcher. I, you know, I, I believe in in medical work when at its best is, is right. fantastic. But I also believe in these the mental and energetic aspects. Yeah, that whole genetic thing, that's a whole, like you said, that is a whole different conversation. But that recently touched me because uh, I was talking with a guy and getting life insurance. You know, I'm out of the military now and I don't no longer mm-hmm. have that great life insurance you have while you're on active duty. So I'm, you know, I'm got my own life insurance, you know, to make sure I'm, you know, being a man and taking care of my family if something happens. Yeah. And they're like, well, okay, so your mom had. Um, lung cancer and then she fought that and then she eventually died from brain cancer so that's going to affect you know they're going to consider that Mm -hmm. and I'm like well why Um, you understand my mom smoked like her entire life and I never did Um, my mom led a lifestyle after I left the house that I changed I don't live that lifestyle anymore type of thing you know Um, so how is that genetic It, it just doesn't you know, yeah. you get what I'm saying? It doesn't make sense to me because people say, well, because I'm dark skinned, I'm just going to have high blood pressure. Well, no, people yeah. that have high blood pressure eat a lot of fatty foods. And if you change that lifestyle, things are going to change that. I don't think that has anything to do with genetics. It has to do with lifestyle. So it really aggravates the heck out of me when I start having this conversation. Oh, yeah. you, know, uh, you probably know the term epigenetics. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. They're realizing there's all these environmental factors that turn genes on and off. I, I believe there's also energetic ones, but mm-hmm. but but science now looks at these. In fact, the research that we were doing had to do with epigenetics years ago, though people weren't using that term. But yeah, it's so. I mean, there are so many people who's, uh, and and this is no criticism of doctors. There's so many people who were told they were going to get well and died. Mm-hmm. People who were told they were going to die who are alive 30 years later, yeah. and and like. My father had a heart attack and died when he was 45. But again, he'd been a heavy smoker. He'd had pretty horrific experiences in in foxholes in World War II and stuff. And that wasn't my life. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Stephen Hawkins was told he was going to die within two years. I and mean, we can go yeah. on and on about stories like that for sure, without Great a doubt. Example. So, what does living a life of abundance mean to you, Art? Uh, well, for me, it's Boy, so many different levels. So some of it is just, again, I'm, I'm kind of an explorer. So like possibilities for growth and change. It also means abundance and friendship and love and financial security and um, uh, health, of course. So to me, it, it's it's really looking at what's important to you in your life and having a level of, of so I'm sure... Uh, I know I have almost everybody listening has had times either when they felt like, gee, where's the next penny coming from? Or is my health going to get better? I've I've had some, you know, in the past, I had some major health challenges years ago and um, in times when, well, well, anybody loved me. And, you know, all of these things are in that to me, abundance is when you feel like, oh, my God, I really these things are covered and they're going to be covered that my life is set up in such a way that um, not that I won't have problems or challenges because that's part of life, but that feeling like I'm equipped to meet them and to not just meet them, but to have a wonderful life no matter what's going on externally. Mm. So to me, that that's the most wonderful abundance. But, but for me, a lot of it is abundance in um, – uh, 
you know, part of it for me is abundance in, in nature and being able to see beauty and peace and you know there's just so many forms of abundance yeah there really are there really are and thanks for sharing that that's amazing so we're going to close this up brother and before we do what do we not talk about do you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today i mean we really reached the gamut we were all over the place and i just love the conversation but kind of bring it all in together what would you like to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation what's the message well, I want to say with total sincerity that I, I hope they um, listen to a lot of your podcasts. Like I say, I'm just I'm a new listener. I've listened to just two so far, but or I think what you're the, the I would see even the energy of what you set up around your calls. I think it's just such a gift to people. So I'd, I'd encourage them to do that, and just really encourage them to, no matter how practical and logical they are, to open up that life is also magical and miraculous and has a whole levels of being that are beyond what we're normally aware of and again all religions talk about this all uh, many philosophies talk about this so you know this, this is part of our human lives and with the wonderful advances in technology which i love which is why we can do this call and stuff it, it's important to keep embracing whether it's beauty whether it's just that childlike wonder in life and to go that, boy, there's so much more to life than, than I'm aware of. And to enjoy that and explore it. So that would be my encouragement. Absolutely. Well, thanks for that. I appreciate that. So we are going to have ENL, uh, ENLP7.com linked up. Mm -hmm. We're also going to have uh, have your website here as well, your other website, uh, energy, energetic, energetic NLP.com. Th th those those links are to the, the same site. Oh, same site. Okay. But I, I will go um, if if they want if they go to ENLP and triple seven ENLP seven seven seven. There's actually I've recorded a webinar where I teach people three basic uh, energy techniques, including the magnets. But I really teach people how to do it: magnets retrieving their energy and some other stuff. So uh, that that would be a great way for people to start. ENLP777.com. Excellent. We'll like, have all like that linked sevens. up. <laughs> you like sevens, yeah. We'll have all that linked up in the show notes at menofabundance.com. Go there and check it out, guys, so you don't have to write this down. And Art, man, I truly appreciate your time. I dig the uh, the conversation. I, again, want to thank Interview Valet for introducing the two of us and setting this whole thing up. You guys are awesome over there. I thank you for what you do. And Art, Go out and live your life of abundance, man, and keep paying it forward. You too, and thank you so much for letting me be a guest on your show and getting to know you better. So thank you. <laughs> My pleasure. Aloha. Aloha. All right, guys, I hope that opened up your mind a little bit and that you at least are considering taking a look at it. It may, may or may not be your thing. I got that. But at least give it a try. You never know. I tell you guys all the time, experience as much as you possibly can to see what it is that you actually like and what works best for you. Now, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.